0: Here's what I want to think about. Uh, uh, God is working behind the scenes. That's what we're calling this, behind the scenes. And we want you to discover the theology of God's will, how God's will is activated and active in your life. And so what you need to know is this. There's so many times um, that that you might be watching a TV show or a commercial or, or streaming something or a movie, and all you see is the scene. All you see is the scene. Maybe in that particular scene, there's four people, five people. But in reality, there are hundreds of people working behind the scene to make it happen. Working to make it be what it's meant to be. Interjecting things, interweaving things, um, making it happen. And you know what I want you to know? The Bible actually says that God is working behind the scenes in your life, interweaving his will into it. Writing out plot points for your story. Uh, uh, creating uh, special effects that occur. God actually does that, by the way. And, and God's doing all that. And, and you and I, all we could see is the scene. But if we could step back, you would see so much of what God is doing with you and for you. And God wants you to experience that. Uh, the one interesting term that's used is interweaving interweaving, interweaving. Uh, It's in Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says this, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And I want to stop there. God has plans for you. God says, you know, I've got plans for you. I've got a plan for your life. By the way, you're going to discover now and even later more, you either choose to be in that plan or choose not to be. Uh, Matter of fact, if you don't choose, Uh, God and choose to be in the plan he has for you, you actually aren't going to get it. Uh, But God has got a plan for you. And he said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. The word plans is a very interesting Hebrew word. Uh, it, It means a plot. And and what does that mean? It means God knows I'm plotting things for you. I'm writing a plot to this particular story that's happening in your life. Uh, It also means a plan. It also means a texture machine. That's an interesting one, a texture machine. And it means intention. And and this particular Hebrew word comes from a root word that means to impenetrate, to weave, or to fabricate. Figuratively, to plot or contrive hints to think, regard, value, or compute. So God goes, guess what? I, I'm, I'm putting an equation together to give a computation to your life so your life will compute in a certain way. I'm writing a plot to the story uh, that I want you to experience and, and with the characters I want you to meet and interact with, the challenges I want you to overcome. God, God is saying, I'm, I'm interweaving my will we've showed you before, and it's really true. Not everything that happens is God's will, and I'll get to that. But God says this. He goes, I, I want to be actively involved in creating things in your life that are my will, that you can experience, that you can have happen. So when you take that interesting verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, and you write it out in the literal meaning of the Hebrew words, it says this. I know the things I have woven and want to interweave into your life, says the Lord. He looks and says, there's so many things I've woven into your life. There's so many things I'm ready to interweave into your life, to penetrate into your life, to inject into your life. And he goes, good things, though, they're good things, not evil. God never weaves evil into your life. He goes, "That, that will give you a future and a hope. Some of you right now need that so badly. You need to have hope. Are you hopeless? You know what? God wants to give you hope. God wants to give you hope, and then he wants to have that hope become a reality. Right now, you're probably wondering about the future. At least some of you are, if not many of you. God said, I want to give you a future, a really good future, really good things coming, because he never gives evil. He only gives good. So let's remind ourselves of two things we've learned already, and then we'll dive into some new things. Uh, Number one, not everything that happens is God's will. Not everything that happens is God's will. Any evil that was enacted against you was not the will of God. Any sin you've committed was not the will of God. But you know what God said? I will interweave my will around even those things. And he wants you to know that. So if you've ever been abused and wondered where was God? God was that going, that's not me. And I want to take that and actually make you stronger and better and turn it for good as I interweave my will into your life. Uh, I said it last time, but a person driving drunk is not God's will. It's not God's will for you to get drunk. It's not God's will for you to drive drunk. So not everything that happens is God's will. The other thing, though, you need to remember is this. God can take anything and everything But God can take anything and use it for good. God can take anything and use it for good. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know... We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. This isn't for everybody. This is for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. If you love God and you're committed to living the purpose for your life, the purpose he has for you, then God said, I will take anything and everything that's ever happened or will happen or is happening in your life and I'll turn it to good. I'll turn it to good. God doesn't cause all things, but he does cause all things to work together to your benefit, to create hope, to give you a future, to have you experience the good as he writes a plot and and rewrites a, a part of your life to become the thing it's meant to be. And that's one of the most amazing things when you get behind the scenes. You see God doing that. You see God making that happen. So God takes all of our lives and he interweaves his will into it, his beauty. And he does it. He does it so you might might know that the hand of God is with you and on you. He is the master weaver. He's the master writer. He's the the master director. And he's the one that you need to trust more than anything. And by the way, uh, here's what you need to know. There really is a book in heaven with your name on it. There really is a book in heaven An epic story in heaven written in a book about you. Uh, In Psalm 139, verse 16, it says it's talking about God. It says, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. In other words, before you were ever born, God saw you and saw who you would be. It goes and in your book, in your book were written the days that were ordained for me. Days ordained for you. When as yet, there was not even one of them. God said the whole story has been written. Now you, don't, you need to know this. You have a choice whether to live the story, to have that be the reality of your life. But God wrote it out what he wanted for you, what he wants for you. And then it says this about that. He got, the, David who wrote this said, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. In other words, you're not an article. You're not a short story. You're an, epic, you're an epic story. You're an epic novel. You're an epic book when you live out what God has for you. You are, by the way. I, I want you to know how real this is, but the choice is do you want to live out God's purpose and let him do that for you? So do you want to live the story God has? And, and what does that mean to us? And even more, let me just talk to you. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Well, number one, it means he cares about you. God really cares about you. Uh, you are in and on his heart. You're in and on his heart. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, it says that is what the scriptures mean. Look at that. Look at that. That is what the Bible means. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no, I has seen No ear has heard, nor mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us the deep secrets of God. In other words, the things that are behind the scenes. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you. The Holy Spirit reveals God's plan for your life, God's guidance in your life, God's promise for your life, God's power in your life. You know, we just did a whole series on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that happens is you're more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And you begin to live out that amazing, epic plan that plots that story that God has about you. And God cares about you. That's what you're going to see. God cares about you. And he's prepared amazing things for you. Why? Because you love him and he loves you. Um, I have a friend named Mike Bro, and he has a phrase he says all the time. And Mike says this. He goes, I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. Think about that. Sometimes you need to say that. You need to look in the mirror and say, I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. Uh, When you're driving down the road, you need to say it. I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. Uh, When you're in a moment, you're thinking, this just isn't good. Go, But you know what? I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. This will all go away, but God will never go away. God will never let me down. So right now, write it in the chat. I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. Uh, uh, text it to somebody. I uh, really do. Grab your phone, text it. Say, guess what? I matter to God. And that's all that matters to me. Say it to yourself. Say it to God. I matter to God. And that's all that matters to me. Listen to what Paul said. It's a prayer he prayed. that He prayed for you. He really actually prayed this for you and for me. He said, when I think of all of this I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength in the spirit or through the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and you'll keep strong. And may you have the power to understand. Listen this, this is the prayer for you. May you have the power to understand, as all people should, all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able to accomplish this uh, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Do you realize this? All the things you ask for, all the things you think would be incredible. God goes, I'm going to give you more. I'll give you better. (laughs) Oh, wow. Think about that. All the things you say, God, I really would love this. God goes, I'll give you more. I'll give you better. Uh, Pam and I were just with uh, my assistant, Tracy. um, And she was telling us that over and over and over, God does that. Uh, uh, that she thinks I want this, but God gives her better. She thinks I want this, and then God gives her better. And she said that's the experience of her life. That should be the experience of your life. So I want you to know that when you read Jeremiah 29 11 and see that God, God has plans for you, plans that are good, then that tells you number one, He cares about you. Number one, He cares about you. Number two, God is involved and active in our lives. When you understand Jeremiah 29 11, you understand he cares about you and you understand that he is involved and active in our lives. God is involved and active in our lives. Uh, he's writing a line at a time, um, a message at a time, a paragraph at a time, things about your story that he's going to interact with you about. He's directing a scene, he's guiding you to places. He's guiding you to people. He's giving you advice on how to overcome a challenge. And he's comforting you when you're hurting. And uh, he's going to give you strength when you're weak. That's what God does. And the story becomes amazing when you and God are in it together. Because he's weaving a strand at a time around all the things that are happening. He's wrapping his will in and around everything that's occurring. And he's doing it very personally because he cares about you. But God, God is involved and active in your life. And you know what? The bottom line is is very often you you and I can't see it. I want to illustrate that for you. Let me have you look at something with me. Uh, Right here, look at this. See, right in this moment, you're looking at something that many people love. Matter of fact, internationally, this is super popular. Uh, Every country in the world I've been in. In, in some of the most ro- remotest places, this is, a, is something people crave. But you can't tell what it is. You can't see what it is. But I, I remember Pam and I one time were in one of the worst slums ever. And, and we gave some of this to kids. And they went nuts with joy. And you know what, though? When you're this close, you go, but what is it? What is it? What is it? But if you were to fade back, if you were to zoom out, you would see what it is. Here's what it is. Coca-Cola. <laughs> now, some of you are going, I'm a Pepsi guy. I, I don't, that's not the point. The point is, and, and by the way, those kids went nuts over Coca-Cola, is that all you could see before was this little bit here. But to get the real picture, to understand the real product, to get an opportunity uh, to understand what's really there, you got to get back further. See, and God, God right now might be working on this piece right here, but he also sees the whole picture. And you might be right here in the moment, but God wants you to eventually see the whole picture of what he's about to do. And so that's what that's saying. God is interweaving in our life. Uh, there are um, some cemeteries near us, and maybe if you don't live in the area, you don't understand uh, what they are. It's called Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn has multiple cemeteries in our area. They have amazing artwork at every one of them. And in the one in West Covina, they have a mosaic that's incredible, but it's made up of little tiles this big, and if I were to show you one of those individual tiles, you wouldn't know what the amazing artwork is. Uh, but when you step back, as a matter of fact, if you really step back far, you can't even see the individual tiles, but you see amazing, breathtaking art. That's true of your life. You and I right now might only see this much of it. And God said, oh, but you need to know I'm working all around what's happening right now. I'm working in everything that's occurring and I'm weaving things and molding things. And when you step back, man, you're gonna see how incredible your life is and how amazing you are if God was talking to me. Because you're amazing to God. You're special. The Bible uses a word called sanctified. It means you're special. You're special to God. You're special to God. So we need to trust in His purpose and guidance because you and I can only see this little bit. You see, you and I can only see the little bit. So trust the one who can see the whole picture. Trust the one who knows the outcome. Trust the one who knows where it's supposed to go. You and I need to trust Him. And in Psalm 32, He tells us that. In Psalm 32, it says this, talking to you and I, it's a promise. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. God says this to you. God said this to me. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle, to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near you. God said, I want to guide you and counsel you with my eye upon you. Um, My father was in the United States Air Force. He served our country uh, uh, and and made that his career. Uh, And during the Vietnam War, we were stationed in Okinawa, and uh, that's where I went to high school and uh, I'll never forget there was a girl uh, that, that I actually thought was super cute. <laughs> she was hot. I mean, she was hot. And so I, 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 one day she invited me to go to her house. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Her dad was one of the heads of the police, uh, uh, the, the military police. And so I, we go over to her house, and, and I'll never forget this. I walk in the door, and I look, and there's this huge, I mean, huge husky. And he's sitting there and he looks at me and he growls and he exposes his teeth. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, because I mean, this dog was, I mean, he could tear me up. And so I'm standing there with her. She goes, oh, don't worry about him. She goes, my dad used to have dogs. He used to to work dogs for the military. And she said, here's what happened. He does this all the time. My dad, before he left, told him to sit. uh, And he's supposed to sit until my dad gives him permission to eat. And this dog is sitting in front of the food bowl, but he won't move. Why? Because the father hadn't given him permission to eat, but the dad forgot and went to work because he was busy. And the dog's sitting there and he's not going to move till the dad gets home. He's that well trained. By the way, My dogs aren't that well trained, but that dog was that well trained. Later on, I got to know her dad and he would take that dog in the backyard and he would stand like this and he would look somewhere and the dog would run to it and he would look somewhere else and the dog would run to it and he would look at the dog and the dog would sit. He didn't even have to use hand commands or voice commands. He could guide that dog with his eyes. God wants to guide you with his eyes. God wants you to be so in tune to Him, so focused on Him, so attentive to Him, that when God looks at you, you look up and you're like, you love me. And when God looks over here, you go, okay, I'll go over there. And when God looks over here, you're like, I'll go here. And when God does that, you sit. And what happens? You experience greatness. You experience Him moving you from one place to the next. And when you get there, it's God. It's God who did it. And God wants you to do that. In Jeremiah 10, 23, I love this verse. Listen to what it says. Jeremiah says, I know. There's so many I knows, so many things you can be sure of. I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his own steps. Man, I I live my life according to that verse. I really, really do. You know why? Because I want God to direct my steps. So uh, on almost every occasion, almost every time, if Pam and I are going to go out to eat, I pray about where we should go, and so does Pam. And whatever God puts in our hearts, that's where we go. Uh, In our area, I can go to more than one grocery store. I pray about which grocery store to go to. And God changes it from time to time. Uh, I'll pray about the schedule of my day. Um, one day I knew, for instance, I needed to go to the grocery store, and so I, I prayed, Lord, not only what store, but when. And the other day I happened. I'm walking in there wearing my mask. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like wearing. Anybody else not like wearing a mask in a grocery store? I know why. It's just not as fun. And I'm walking, and this girl turns and looks at me. She's one of our SIA girls, college young adults, and she goes, Pastor Chuck. She goes, my friend and I were just talking about you, and I was hoping that somehow I could find a way to get a hold of you. I was in that story at the exact moment in the exact place to be with her, talk with her, meet her, hear her story, begin to to give some answers to her, and it was only going to happen. Why? Because God directed my steps. I know it's not in me, oh Lord, to direct my own steps. It's you. And I want God to direct my steps. I want God to enact his, his, his plot of my life. I want God to give me his direction. I want that. And you know what? When you experience that, it's incredible. And God, God is going to watch over you. Uh, there's an old story told that I love, and it's supposed to be true, that Queen Elizabeth, uh, years and years back, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen of England, needed a, a carriage driver. And so they interviewed the different people. They had them test out their skills. And so uh, this one carriage driver was amazing. And he took the carriage and, and he rode as fast as he could where there was a cliff. And he went right up on the edge of the cliff and turned. And he, he was kept hold of the, the carriage and controlled the horses. And, and even though he was that close, he didn't go over and came back. And they all stood there going, oh, you're incredible. Man, your ability is Amazing. And then his competitor, the other man who wanted the job, he hopped into the carriage and he he rode out. But then when it came near the cliff, he stayed about 50 feet away, not even close, slowly turned and came back. And Queen Elizabeth looked at him and said, "Um, I don't get it. I mean, you saw what the other guy did. Do you not want the job? And he looked at her and said, I want you to know my queen, that if I'm your carriage driver, I'll never get you close to the edge of the cliff. I'll always watch out and protect you. You know what God is saying to you? I don't want you on the edge. I don't want you about to go over. I want to watch over you and and keep you in the place you should be. So you and I need to know that. So number one, God cares about you. Number two, God is intimately involved and active in our life. And then number three, He, God, is working good in our lives. He's working good in our lives. Uh, James 1:17 says this: "Every good thing given, every perfect gift is from above coming down down from the Father of Lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. No variation or shifting shadow. You know what? God is working good. He's giving you good, which by the way, means something else. He's also only going to give you the best. Uh, God may make you wait. But God may want you to be patient. Why? Because he's not just going to give you the okay. He's going to give you the best. The best life. The best experiences. The best victories. Uh, the best, the best, the best is going to come from God. So you and I need to trust him in that. You and I need to be in that. Because he only gives. He only gives good. And what's it saying, James? Perfect, perfect gifts. And so that means he's not going to give you second best. Uh, In our area, you may not agree with me on this one. I believe God's only going to take you to Disneyland. He's not going to put you at six flags. (laughs) Some of you disagree on that one. I know you think, never mind. The idea, the idea I don't want you to miss is not what's theme park, but what is the theme of your life? What is the experience of your life? Because God, God, God is only going to give you the best Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this though. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. And listen to what it says next. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God said, I do things and make things happen that are beyond description and beyond imagination because I love you and I care about you. And sometimes we look and say, God, but I don't get it. I don't understand. How is this a good gift? How's this a perfect gift? There's a, a, a young boy who was born to his parents, Shea. His mom and dad are Orthodox Jews. They, they don't know Jesus yet. I, I hope for that for them. But, but they do believe in God and they believe God actively works. And they wanted a child so badly. And when Shea was born... And they found out that he had disabilities. They found out that he had both mental and physical disabilities. The father was like, God, what is this? How is this good? You're the giver of good and perfect gifts. And over the course of time, he loved his son, but he still had that question. He still wondered about it. God, where's the perfection in my son? Where's the good in my son? Sometimes life's so hard. And uh, one day when his son was probably about nine years old, 10 years old. They were walking in Central Park, and uh, there was a baseball game going on, and Shea loved baseball. And he said to his dad, do you think they'll let me play? Do you think they'll let me play? He had never played before on a team. And and the dad said, I don't know. He goes, dad, will you ask? And he said, Shea, I'll ask. I'll ask. So he walked over, and one of the boys was standing there. They were in between innings, and he said, hey, is there any way my son could play on your team? And and the, the boy looked at him, and he could immediately see that, you know, he physically wasn't going to be able to handle really almost anything on the field or at bat. And he goes, I don't know. And he looked at his team, and the teammates looked and go, I don't know. And, and all of a sudden, he just got gutsy, became a leader. And he looked at the dad, and he said, sure, he can play on our team. He said, we're losing anyway. We're down 6 nothing. There's only two more innings left. But you know what? I'll make sure he gets up to bat. And uh, he goes, oh my, and Shea goes, I get to play, I get to play. And, and so one of the other boys came and gave him a glove and a hat, and he ran out, and they put him in kind of the uh, center field, but very close. And uh, the inning ended, and then they went up to bat, and they scored a couple runs, and they went back in the field, and Shea was on cloud nine, and then that inning ended. And now they came in. It's bottom of the ninth, and they're down, they're down four runs, and they score a run. Now they're down three runs, and they load the bases. It's bases loaded, and they're down three runs. And uh, it's Shea's turn to bat. And the dad's heart just dropped because he thought, you know what, they're not going to let him bat. I mean, that would cost them the game. And uh, the boy who had said he could play picked up the bat and walked over and handed it to Shea. And Shea made his way to the base, a little unstable, and the pitcher saw what was going on. The other team, by the way, the other team's pitcher. So he got up as close as he could without being unsafe. And he lobbed the ball, hoping that Shea could hit it. And Shea could barely make it around. So then the boy who said he could play ran up behind him and said, just stand still. And he put his arms around him and they held the bat together. And the pitcher backed up just a little, not too far. And he lobbed the ball right where he thought Shea would be able to get it. And the boy helped him. And they came around and connected. And the ball went flying. But it flew right in front of the pitcher. It didn't go very far. And the pitcher picked it up. And in that moment, he could have thrown him out and won the game. But he did something else. He took the ball and threw it as hard as he can into right field. So now the other three base runners are scoring and Shea is trying to make his way to first base and and they're starting to scream his name. They're going, Shea, go, Shea, go, Shea, go. And he, he hits first base and they're going, go, go, go. And now he starts going to second base, but the right fielder now has the ball and he can easily throw him out. But he saw what the pitcher did. So he threw it as hard as he can and it went over the third baseman's head. And, and the third baseman saw it and ran kind of towards it. And Shea hit second base. Now he's going to third. And everyone's screaming, go, 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 go. And he rounds third. And, and he goes in. And he gets to home. And he stamps on the plate. And both teams come running together. Both teams. The one that easily could have won the game now has lost the game. But they didn't care. And the other team wins. But that isn't why they're excited. They all run around Shea. And they lift him into the air. And right now, they're not competitors. In this moment, they're not enemies. In this moment, they came together in love, lifting this young kid up, making his day, giving him a memory of a lifetime. And the father stood there going, I see God's perfection. God, I see your perfection. How could I ever doubt you? I see the good. I see the beauty that's being brought forth. In that moment, Shea, Shea showed his father his worth, but even more, I think God showed his father I love your son. You love your son. There's so much good there. There's so many amazing things. And by the way, uh, what happened is Shea went on to to touch more lives and more lives and more lives. You see, God had been writing this epic story in this amazing moment. And sometimes when those things happen, listen, sometimes when those things happen, we step back and we go, oh, that's too good to be true. Oh, that'll never occur. But it does. It does. For some of you guys who are new, hang with us. I'll be sharing more with you more amazing things, and I I want to point you to how those can be happening in your life. So God cares about you. God, number two, is intimately involved and active in our lives. Number three, he is only, only interweaving good things into our life. And then number four, he wants us to have a future and a hope. He wants you to have a future and a hope. And so he wants you to have a positive attitude, always knowing somehow, some way he'll cause things to work together for good for you. He wants you to believe that God has plans for your life, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to know that when he puts his hands on you, he's going to work with you to put good things into your life so that you can have a future and you can have a hope. And so your life can have amazing value. There was a, another story told of a, an auction that was taking place. And uh, they were off re- auctioning off different antique things. And then a violin was brought forth and put on the auction block. And nobody bidded. The auctioneer tried to get people to go because this was for charity. Still nobody bid. So out of the crowd, an elderly man got up and he walked forward. He picked up the violin, and he tuned it, and he turned, and he began to play. He played beautifully. He played amazing. He brought music forth out of that violin that no one thought could. That old violin was in the hands of the master. And now, and now, what was occurring was something that caused people to feel chills on their bodies and stirring in their heart. And then he set the violin down and everybody started bidding. And it went for the most money of anything that day. God, God wants to be with you. The master, God, the master wants to interweave things into your life. He might want to tune you up a little but he wants to bring out something amazing and incredible and, and that causes your heart to beat with passion and, and your mind to be amazed at the uh, things beyond imagination. That's God and that's what he does. And it's for you. It's for me and it's for you. It's for you. It's for your family. It's for your friends. If you love God and if you live your life according to his purpose, that's That's what's real. So right now I want to say many of you out there, I know you love the Lord and I know you're committed to live your life according to his purpose. So get ready to experience what he has for you. And in the coming weeks, I want to teach you more about how you can be aware of that. But there's some of you right now, this is your moment. This is your time to get to where God wants you to be, to be in a place where you can be open to his love open to his direction, open to his promises, open to his provision, open to his power coming to you. And he wants to show you things, but you need to be in tune with him. You need to be his. You remember, all of this is for those who love God and who committed to what his purpose is for their life. So right now, I'm going to do something. I want to invite you, if you're not in a very real relationship with Jesus, very real, where you're experiencing his love, experiencing his guidance, know he's working behind the scenes for you, and you can see the evidence of it. If you're not in that relationship, I'm going to ask you to to, to let that happen. Jesus actually said, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, come to me, come to me. Jesus also said this. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would open up to me, I would come in, and he uses a term to say, I would be with you and share life with you and communicate with you and we would be together. He said, I'm knocking, I want you, I love you, but you gotta choose to open up. How do you open up? Here's what the Bible says. You call on the name of the Lord to be saved. What does that mean? You pray. It starts out by praying. You pray a prayer and tell Jesus you wanna give your life to him. And in a moment, just a few minutes now, not even minutes, in a few seconds, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that prayer. And I wanna ask you to pray it with me. Man, some of you right now, how incredible would it be if you pray this prayer? And, and, and we're going to pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of all your sins and heal you of hurt and pain and, and, and free you from anything, keeping you away from all he has for you. But then you're going to pray the words, but I want to give myself to you completely. I want to be completely yours. So we'll pray that together. So it starts by praying. So the next thing is by going public. The first step is to pray. The second is to publicly proclaim. Now, what does that mean? It means you need to tell people you've made this decision. Jesus wants you to do that. Jesus said, you need to reveal to all men that you are mine. And then I will reveal in all heaven that you are mine. Jesus said, you got to do it. And we're going to ask you to do it in this way right now. We're going to ask you to, to grab your phone, grab an iPad, a computer, anything you could text on. If you have any ability to text, grab it right now and go to that ability to text and hit that and then go to a new message. And I want you to text amen to 69922. Text amen to 69922. And what you're gonna be doing is telling us, telling Crossroads, I made this decision either to commit your life to Christ, to recommit your life to Christ, uh, maybe to be freed from something that's hurting you, maybe to ask God to lift you up. But you're saying to God, I want everything you have for me and I want to be yours completely. And if you mean that, then text AMEN to 69922. Now let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to text you right back. And when we do, we wanna know your name because you you matter, we wanna know you by name. And then we wanna send you a copy of a book, one of the best-selling books of all time, uh, called The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, We'll send you an electronic copy for free. We just wanna get that to you. And after praying this prayer, that's one of the best books you could read because it tells you the steps to take to find God's purpose in your life, to, to find out how he works behind the scenes to bring good, to bring future, to give you hope. The book's great, but more than that, what God has for you is better. So right now, I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer with me. Again, you might want to pray it alone. You might want to pray it as a couple. You might, might want to pray it as friends. But God wants you to pray it. God wants you to say the words, I open up to you. And Jesus says that I come in. So again, this might be a first time prayer. You've never prayed it before. Pray it. This might be a recommitment. Man, God wants you back. God wants you back. It might be for freedom. Something's not right and you need to get free from it. But I want you to pray the prayer with me. So, right now, let's pray it together. I want you to say these words Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And I know, say, I know you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything. This is big. Anything that would hold me back or hold me down. And say, but most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. And if that's all you can say, just say it. Say, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen means the truth. Amen means for real. Amen means this is This is what I want to happen. And right now, if you pray that prayer, do it. Don't hold back. Grab your phone, text amen. Grab your iPad, text amen. And let us be in contact with you. Let us connect with you. Let us help you take some steps together with God to experience him more because we care about you. And we want to be able to pray for you by name. We want to give you a copy of the Purpose Driven Life for free. We want all that for you. And you know why? Because God is for you and so are we. And you matter to God. You matter to God. And I hope you say those words. I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. And so right now as we get ready to close, I want to say it again. You matter to God, and that's all that really matters. And I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. May you live that this week. May you experience it in an incredible way.